This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. And welcome to episode number 77. Double seven. Seven, 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 seven. That's a yeah. lot of sevens. It is. It is. There's only two in the title of this one. Yep. Uh, of what did you watch this week? My name is Mike. And my name is John. And uh, Amy, if you're listening, just stop right now. I don't yes. need your patronage. I don't, I don't need your, your I'm, I want to say patronage, but that's not it. Matronage? Uh, no, not no, no, no. Um, uh, patronage. Okay. I don't need your patronization. <laughs> Any- <sighs> yeah. So uh, last week, uh, fall preview episode, aka Mike was on vacation, so we recorded a week early, and yeah, yeah. This week, talking about shows we watched, most likely the last two weeks. Right. Right. Right, right. Uh, new fall seasons kind of start a little bit. We got a few shows have trickled in. Majority are picking up next week. Yep. Uh, so uh, I'm well, picking uh, up next week and the week after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's just let's let's get rolling. All right, let's get started. Let's let's talk about some shows that are finished up and uh, never going to be around again. Such as Hooten and the Lady. Hooten and the Lady. I enjoyed this episode, much like I've enjoyed every episode. Right? They are uh, looking for the long-lost uh, treasure of the uh, pirate Captain Henry Morgan. And uh, once again, Alex is like, ditched her fiancé with her mom to go off and have an adventure with Hooten. But this time, he comes to find her. Yes. He's and had appara- enough of being on the sidelines. Yeah, and apparently he's moving the wedding from this big, lavish event to a small, intimate affair on the beach. Yeah, basically just wants to lock it down. Yeah, yeah, basically. He's like, let's just get it done, all right, so you can, you know, keep going. And then, um, but of course, Hooten and the lady end up on some big adventure, and they get kidnapped, and then maybe they're going to get killed, and then they don't get killed, and then they make it, and and they find the treasure, and Hooten wants to steal it for himself to make money, and the lady's like, we need it for the museum. And then at the end of the day, he gives it to her to take to the museum and, you know, stuff and things. I, I think you just described every episode pretty much. That is literally <laughs> almost every single episode, yes. yes. I mean, not that it's bad, but it's a no, little formulaic. It, it is, it is. I mean, there's always a good guy. There's the double cross. There's the bad guy. Oh, in this episode, though, the people that were also looking for the treasure, these are just rich people that like to collect stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't evil. They weren't going to kill them. And matter of fact, they, when they broke, when they uh, uh, stowed on their ship or crashed the party on their ship to steal the treasure back, they just were going to call the police. Um, right. <laughs> Like the so, human thing to do, right? Yeah, and I thought, and I loved how like Hoot was completely caught off guard by that. He's like, 
Wait, you're not you're not gonna kill us? No, we're not violent people. Yeah. Well, you're not. No, no, I, I don't. We don't. I don't even fight. No, we're, we're just calling the police. Like he was completely confused. So <laughs> then he kicked him in the junk, and they grabbed the stuff and ran. Right, because yeah. that's what he defaults to. Exactly. But of course, you know. And then Alex has her last minute, uh, her last minute cold feet of like, oh, I shouldn't get married. He deserves better. I don't know if this is the right choice. And Hooten talks her into it because at the end of the day, he's a good guy, and probably says the dynamic works because we're opposites and we aren't together, and the sexual tension kind of adds to the thrill of the hunt kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Basically, although I do like earlier when he finally meets the fiance and he says, "You're my hero for putting up with her," and he makes <laughs> like, "You're my new hero for dealing with her," you know, or tying her down for the rest of your life or something like that. Right. Um, but of course, you know, Alex is like, "Oh, come walk me down the aisle," and he's like, "No, I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, I'm heading to Vietnam, you know, to find X." And so, of course, they get married, and she's like, oh, what do you think about the uh, vacation, uh, honeymooning in Vietnam? <laughs> and then cut to Hooten's shown being tied up to this contraption stake, bamboo, whatever it is. And, of course, he's, he's, he's running his mouth, and uh, they just leave him there for dead. And when they pan back, the lady's now, you know, Alex is tied up next to him. And uh, that's how it ends, basically. You know, it's uh, ambiguously, there's a bear coming that's going to eat them, allegedly, and they were kind of bickering with each other about it. Yep. So It was a good ending for the season, the series, I guess. It, it Well, it is kind of a satisfying ending because, like, there's no cliffhanger. You basically know, okay, she's married. They're going to keep going on adventures together. Yep. Um, the basically the museum is now paying him to kinda right and and, uh, and yeah so it's like all right so if we had more episodes we could see more adventures but it's also left with you know the way it was left I I was satisfied with it I was too I, I actually would like to see more episodes and if this this if this is ever released on DVD I will pick this up because much like Jack of all trades the like I, I, I uh, how I compared it. Like I think episode one or two, I complain. I compared it to the old uh, Bruce Campbell series, Jack of All Trades. I like the the dynamics of the the of Hooten and the lady and how they play off each other. So yes, I would I would watch this again. Absolutely. Uh, so anyhow, Blood Drive. Blood Drive. So I, I don't know. What do you think of this final episode? Well. Here's the thing, as I was explaining to you, and I'll explain to the listeners now, uh, Justin Rowland got the, uh, no, not Justin Rowland. Yeah. Anyway. The, the, the creator, the producer creator got yeah. the news a few weeks back that the show was canceled. Sci-Fi was not going to do another season of it. And he decided to keep that to himself until all the episodes had been aired because he wanted everyone to enjoy the finale of the show without, uh, the stigma hanging over their heads of, oh, God, it's over, it's never coming back. And I think he just basically wanted more people to watch it because, you know, when you hear the show's canceled, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm not going to bother then. You know, you're absolutely right in that aspect. And for you and I, you know, we watched it on a delay, so he only waited like a day. So the next day he announced it and we're like, oh, shit. Well, I guess we'll watch the last episode because it's not coming back, but – and I definitely would would have finished it, but there are there are people out there that that wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and like most things nowadays, you know, it was a, it was a very definitive yet ambiguous canceling. You know, he's like, sci-fi is not picking us up. There will be no more episodes on sci-fi. I would love to get this on another network if someone else wanted to pick it up, but basically sci-fi was the only one ballsy enough to do it in the first place. And the only other channel I can think of that may do it would be like maybe Netflix or um, FX. Yep. Or maybe even Hulu. Could be. Yeah. Something like that, you know. But so in this episode, Arthur and uh, Grace and Slink go to the Hart Corporation headquarters because essentially they're going to blow the building up. Because there's one main support beam in the bottom of the building that, if destroyed, would level the building. Which normally everyone would be like, oh, come on. But yeah. in this universe, absolutely makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's completely believable and viable. Be- because it's a trope kind of thing, you know? Right. And then, like, the the building itself, we learn, trying to get down to the bowels or get around the building is almost like, wasn't it? Uh, I want to – M.C. Escher or E.C. Escher? M.C. Escher. I thought so. MC Escher, like painting of like each every time you go down the hallway, it's a maze. You have to go a certain route. It kicks you back to the beginning, you know. And and so they're trying. And and they're the the two obstacles in their way is Karma, Mm -hmm. uh, Grace's sister, and Christopher, who has now been morphed into this super zombie killing machine robot thing who is now completely not human where Aki is now kind of all human. Weren't you, by the way, were you as disappointed as I was in the way that Christopher looked with all the upgrades and I'm doing air quotes? Yeah. Yeah. It was stupid. I expected more like a RoboCop Terminator kind of thing. And instead it was like some of his skin was puckered and he had some metal bits showing here and there. A little bit extra metal. Yeah. On his arms or something. And, Apparently, you know, under his pants, they they removed his his junk to put metal in, yeah. as we found out later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Aki is almost like the most human of them all at the end now. Right. Like between her and Christopher, and she just wants she wants it to stop. And that's she wants she to be done with. Have an orgasm. Right. Apparently, that's if she was able to have an orgasm, that was what's gonna unlock the little bit of humanity that was in her because of the way she was designed. They had to leave some right meat human tissue left. And then when Slink was designed, uh, apparently there's 3,000 of him. Yeah. But Karma destroyed them all and killed them all, so he's the last one. And the one thing that always kept Slink going was the fact that he was never afraid to die because he'd always be alive in another body and have mm-hmm. all his memories, I guess. Uh, so... Essentially, uh, Christopher is going after Arthur. Uh, Grace is trying to find Arthur because they got separated. Uh, they have a big fight. Arthur ends up killing Christopher by driving a metal rod through him. Yep. Uh, very lackluster because, like, essentially they were partners at the beginning, and a lot of the whole episode is about them trying to get back together. And we finally do see them get back together, but it's a fake Christopher. Mm-hmm. And then when they finally are back together, you know, real Christopher's angry over how fake Christopher was killed by Arthur. Yeah, a five-second video clip. Yeah, and so now he wants his ultimate revenge. And then Aki finds Slink and uh, severs his spine. Yes. Uh, and then tries to get Chris- find Christopher to get out of there. Then all she finds is his dead body. Right. And Slink basically uh, – 
fakes them out multiple times over the timer or blowing up the thing and everything, mm-hmm. the building. Um, Karma and Grace have a big fight. Well, no. Did Karma and Slink fight or Karma and Grace? It's been a little while since I've seen it. It, Karma and Grace definitely fought because Karma had that whole yes. line where she pulled out the sword oh, they, and she was like... They fought on the table. Yes. They yeah. fought on the table and Grace couldn't kill her. That's what it was. Yeah. And then later, when they were in... Her and Christopher trying to run out of the building, she appears and stabs her with her gear shift. Yes. And then uh, as the building starts to explode, it falls onto her, yep. onto, onto Karma. And they get the uh, – Arthur fought and got the remote away from her that opens up the blood portal. Right, which we still don't know, like, what it is, where it goes, etc. Yeah, somehow it goes multiple places, I guess. Yeah. I don't – either way, Grace stops, doesn't go with Arthur, pushes him into the blood portal, and then goes back to be with her sister. Yeah. And essentially, Christopher, Aki, Slink, Grace, and Karma all die when the building collapses. We assume, because, you know, this is blood drive. I know. I really don't think there's any way they're alive. A fucking building collapsed on them. And then we cut to, like, a news report where they basically blame everything on Arthur. Yes, he's a terrorist. Yeah, and then we cut to him waking up on some... uh, shore of an island and he's naked and when it pans back it's uh what's it called blood something prison yeah i don't remember i i was it's 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 a play on blood drive it's like the blood something prison so you assume season two is gonna be about arthur battling on this prison now i guess (laughs) right uh because everyone else is dead but um yeah i don't know it was a disappointing episode yeah, it was. Especially considering, I mean, they probably filmed it not realizing that they were going to be canceled. Yeah. But it still felt kind of hacky and choppy, for, which is saying a lot for this show. Yes. I I was I actually, not that impressed with it. I actually really enjoyed the episodes where they actually raced. And yeah. then when they were like, I wish I wish we had more race episodes and less of the story building. Like they could have built the characters during the race, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. like I don't know, I like the race episodes more. I remember being very episodes. confused like in the first episode how they reached a finish line and I'm like, "Wait a minute. This is blood drive. It's a race. How did they reach a finish yeah. line?" And then they were like, "Oh, well this is just the first leg." Oh, okay. Yeah, I could well, do that. It's like a cannonball run type yeah. of thing. Yeah. 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 So but yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of that. I'm sad that the show is gone. Um, yeah. But I think they went out on a week episode. Yep. And uh, if somebody else wants to pick it up, more power to them. I'll watch it. Oh, yeah. If it comes back, I'll watch it again. No doubt. So I haven't watched Midnight Texas. I don't know if I'm going to or not. Um, and then uh, Preacher, I have not watched the last three episodes. Did you? Did you suffer through them? Yes, I did. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the broad brushstrokes is this, you know, Jesse still wants to find God and the Grail Corporation wants Jesse to be the new Messiah. They want him to basically take the place of the inbred Jesus clone. Yeah, the humble, humble yeah. door. Humperdink. Hump- nah, it's, no, that's um, Princess Bride. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's it's like Humperdoo, Humperdoo, yeah, yes. Humperdoo. Um, and so in the last episode, they kind of cleaned things up a bit. Basically, um, K 
Cassidy and Tulip have said, fuck you to Joey, uh, to Jesse. They were yeah. like, yeah, we're done with you. You know, you go do your thing. We're going to go do our thing. And, uh, Dennis was being a pain in the ass. You know, the old guy who's really, Oh my God. Kid. I hated him so bad. Well, you'll be happy to know he's dead now. Oh, good. I, I despised his character for the second he turned into a vampire. I just. Yeah. Cassidy finally had enough of him and realized yeah. he had to be put down because he was like just a little too wild. So yeah. he threw him out on the balcony in the sunlight and the, the guy's like screaming and reaching his arm through the window and papa, papa, and burned to a crisp. So that was done. And then. Yeah. You know, Jesse has come to realize this was something that we forgot to mention in the episode with Humperdoo is yeah. that Humperdoo kept drawing a Dalmatian, a giant human sized Dalmatian, which we remember when they got to New Orleans, when Jesse was taken to see quote unquote God, they brought him to some woman sitting on a couch with a person dressed up in a Dalmatian. Oh, suit. oh yeah, that's right. So that is God. Because at the oh. end of this episode, they do this thing where we see a seedy hotel room and there's that costume is laying there on a bedpost and we pan across slowly to the bathroom and the, you hear a flush and the door opens and it's just this blinding radiant light. So you're like, Oh, God was in the suit all the time. Huh? But. Jesse, it, Jesse's voice is like glitching out. It's kind of a neat sound effect that they use. Like he tries to use Genesis and it's like a feedback loop sometimes and it doesn't work. So, uh, the, the grail guy's like, wait a minute, what's going on with you? Uh. Um, and then Tulip, as she's getting ready to leave with, uh, Cassidy, she, discovers one of the hidden cameras that that woman down the hall put in the apartment and she starts putting two and two together and she's like, wait a minute. So she goes down to quote unquote, say goodbye to that woman while Cassidy's out in the car waiting for her. And, uh, they have like this little standoff thing where, you know, the woman has a gun behind her back. Tulip has a screwdriver behind her back. Oh, she brought us, she brought a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. And, so we don't see the aftermath. We see them both draw down on each other very quickly, and we don't see the aftermath until later on when Tulip is laying on the floor of the apartment and she's got a gunshot wound in her gut. So then, of course, Jesse shows up at that moment, and him and Cassidy fight. You know, they start tussling and wrestling and knocking each other around because Cassidy wants to turn Tulip. He's like, it's the only way to save her, and, and Jesse's like, no. And he's like, well, then tell her to heal. You know, use your voice. And he's like, it's not working right now. So they tussle and tussle and tussle, and basically Jesse makes Cassidy, you know, sit there and watch her die. Because in the beginning of this episode, we got one of those narrative tools, the convenient flashback, you know, that shows Jesse as a kid who he was sitting at the end of a long dirt driveway, and essentially he was the gateman for somebody, you assume his grandmother, who would do like tarot readings and stuff. And people would pull up and they'd pay him the admission fee to go up and have their stuff done and then they'd leave and feel better. And, you know, you see him, like, uh, spot a cop. You know, the guy's like, oh, I got money. And he's like, yeah, get out of here, pig. And um, There's this chicken that keeps coming around. So at one point, Jesse kicks the crap out of the chicken because he's frustrated and he kills it. And then he feels really regretful. So he runs the chicken up to the house and puts it on the table and tells his grandmother, you know, you got to fix it. And she's like, everything comes at a cost. So she brings the chicken back to life. 
So we get that convenient flashback so that at the end of this episode, you can see them all driving Tulip up that same dirt driveway because that's what's going to happen in the next season, I guess. Again, this one kind of went downhill when they wouldn't leave New Orleans. Yeah. So it was frustrating. I was glad to see the season over with. I'm sure that when the next season comes out, I'll give it a try. I'll be like, well, maybe they'll do it better this time because this season started off great with the Saint of Killers chasing them and, you know, going through different states and stuff. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't uh, I don't regret not watching. Yeah. So Tulip is dead. Yes. But the assumption is she's going to get resurrected. Yeah, and there'll be a catch. You know, there'll be a price to pay and and – and and God is alive. He was in the Dalmatian suit, but we don't see who the actor is playing God. We just see a light. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or oh, actress, and I guess. And I forgot the other part is that uh, Eugene and Hitler have escaped from hell because Hitler led him out and led him to uh, Charon. You know, the the Greek uh, ferryman on the River yeah. Styx, and. As Eugene got there and Charn's like, you know, yeah, you're not supposed to be here. You know, I'll take you across. So he brings the boat over and then that little woman there that was running hell, she shows up and she's like, stop, he's mine. And Charn's like, bitch, you don't have power here. And she's like, haven't you heard? God's not around anymore. The rules have changed. So she kills Charon and um, just as she's about to do the same to uh, Eugene, Hitler comes up and beats her in the back of the head with a giant ram horn, and then they escape, and they get back to the real world, and they're standing there at a bus stop, and Eugene's like, well, I'll show you my my friends and stuff like that, and Hitler just runs off down the street like a little girl, just like, hee 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 Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, what else did you watch? Did you watch The Guest Book? I did watch The Guest Book, two whole episodes worth. Yes. Uh... Well, go ahead with episode seven. Well, episode seven was the, uh, that was the heroin episode, correct? Yes, that's the one that had, um. Shannon Woodward. Yes, I couldn't think of her real name. Yeah, Shannon yeah. Woodward, yes. From, yep. well, a lot of stuff, but a lot of the people we're seeing on the show were either on My Name is Earl, but the majority were on Raising Hope. Yes. So, um, this was a cute episode. Basically, the, and from the description, the previous episode, I thought that the guy that she was dating was more like a good guy type person, but he's not. He's a, oh, no. a scumbag. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's but like, he- she takes her crystal meth and, and it makes her talk really fast, but I smoke so much weed that everything's really slow, so we kind of balanced each other out. But she won't marry him because she won't say yes, and then she's doing too much drugs, and he's worried about what she's going to look like from doing drugs, and so. Especially her teeth. Yeah, yeah, that was a big focal point, and uh, yeah, so they but they don't rent the cabin; they they break, break into, into it, it. because yeah. right now the cabin can't be rented because of everything that happened before and the toilet not working and such. So, so yeah. yeah, they break in, and he flushes her her crystal. My crystal, where's my crystal? And uh, of course, you know, the happy lesson is that without it, you know, first she's very angry, but then she learns that life is okay and, and she's actually doing better and she's a better person without it. And so thank you. And um, it, it was a lot of fun stuff in this one. Um, it, it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite episode. 
No, no. Yeah. We also had the not. we also had the awkwardness of you know the lady cop trying to get Garrett Dillahunt to go out with her, and he was doing the you know well I mean maybe I'll call you probably you know I I will I mean I probably will maybe. Because he's saying that you know there's still a chance to get back together with his wife, and he, it's it's too soon, and blah 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 blah. Well, yeah, and because he feels guilty about the marriage ending, because he feels like it's his fault because he was cheating, bored, or well, he didn't cheat on her. Right, right, right. What he did was is he created a Tinder profile because he was kind of bored, and he didn't. He his thought was if he went on, he he didn't feel good in his marriage anymore. So he right. thought if he went on a date with someone else. And he felt good on that date, then he knew he wasn't supposed to be married anymore. But if he didn't feel good on the date, then he was going to stay with his wife. Yep. But he never actually went on a date with anyone because his wife came up and said, oh, you uh, – Her you, friend uh, discovered Her friend did. allegedly discovered his Tinder profile. Yeah. And so she left him. Yeah. However, the cop then goes because that's what people do because when they want to look at someone's ex – or whatever uh-huh. goes and looks on the Tinder profile and finds her Tinder profile, and then somehow puts two and two together that she herself had found it because the, based on the pictures that were on the profile, uh, hers she hadn't had an account for quite a while herself. Yes, yeah. So basically, she had an account before he even set up his account. Yes. So then he does agree to go on a date with the, with the, with the cop. Yep. Yeah, because basically because at that of point, he feels absolved. Yes, he he is like, well, wait a second. She was being, she was cheating on me and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Yep. Which is good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's a nice guy. I'm a fan. And I, the whole storyline about, um, the, the people at the strip club blackmailing the, uh, the owners of Froggy yeah. Cottage. It, I don't care about that. I don't care about that at all. It's played out. Yeah. I, I enjoy the antics at Froggy Cottage itself. Yes. I still really enjoy the Michael Rappaport episode. Oh, yeah. But this episode eight, which this is the one you said was supposed to be number five. Yes. And for some reason they moved it to eight or they weren't going to air it or whatever. I think um, I figured it out. It, it's because uh, of all the racist. Because of the everything. horrendous racism in it. Yeah. And, and it yeah. would have aired at a time when, you know, racism. Well, I mean, racism is pretty bad it's, as it is. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. Tensions are high. But essentially, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's this doctor and she's not writing in the guest book in this as much as she is. Uh, we're getting her report after the fact. Yes. To her colleagues. And essentially what this is, is uh, they've take old dementia people and it's shown that if you put them in an environment that's similar to one that they were familiar with, whether it be their home vehicle or whatever it is, they memories can return because they're in a familiar place. Right. So she goes to Froggy Cottage because – it looks kind of like what his house looked like. Right. Uh, and they, she borrows a truck that was like his truck, an old pickup truck. And then she hires a nurse who's played by a, a black fella yep. to come with them to help her out through the weekend. And they head up there. And slowly as his memory is coming back, what we find out is that 
He is a horrible, horrible racist person. Like a, like a grand dragon in the clan, kind well, of. Well, no, no, he wasn't a grand dragon because he was excited that the treasurer allegedly called. Yes, yes, that's right. Because, so, yeah, because she's like, yeah, we got the grand dragon of the KKK in here. And she's like, no, I don't think so. Because he was excited when the treasurer called. So I think he's just a regular guy. <laughs> right. But like. It starts out like – because he comes out and he thinks that the girl is his wife. Yep. And then he thinks that the black guy is Willie, the handyman they hire. Right. And so he's all nice to him. When they leave, they go to Benny. He goes, what did I tell you about having Willie in this house? I don't want him in here. And it's just kind of like, all right, he's just a jealous you know, jealous guy. And then it slowly comes out, oh, no, he's a racist. Yeah. And he doesn't like black people and he doesn't like Asian people either. And then he actually slapped her at one point. So he's not even a racist. Like left marks. Not only was he a racist, but like he beat her. And he's just like a horrible human being. And then, you know, but like something will happen where she'll make a recording and be like, he's an awful, awful man, but he remembered his address. You know what I mean? Yeah, because she's still holding onto that dream that, you know, her research is right. Exactly. And it was, but it just turns out. This was a very bad person. Uh, I love the part where he finds out he's a tailor and he's going to go make himself. Because where's my white suit? It's Sunday. Yeah. Oh, it's shrunk. Oh, well, I'm going to have to make a new one. Oh, you can do that? I'm a tailor. What are you, an idiot? That's my profession. First you forget my address, our address, then you forget my profession. And then she's like making her notes and he walks out in a KKK outfit. And it's just like, oh, I know why this episode was delayed. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, that was bad enough, but then the end of the episode, like, after all this stuff, and they discover that he's so racist and he's so terrible, and they basically, like, you find out that they walked into the garage, and he was sitting there with the car idling in the garage while it was sealed up, like, he was ready to go, he's, like, waiting for her to come get in the car so they can go. And he even calls her, hurry up, let's go, we're gonna be late for whatever, church or something. Yeah, and both her and the nurse, like, see him in there. And look at each other and then just close the door and basically let him kill himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, they uh, they made the decision that the world was better off without this guy. Oh, and Yeah, because one of the dark. things one of the things he he gave her a list of things to pick up and it's basically like plans to go firebomb this church and Where Willie and so, died. And so the guy Googles it on his phone yeah. and it turns out this church did burn down in the 50s and Willie died in it <laughs> and then he got away with it because the treasurer of the KKK was like the district state's attorney who didn't press any charges and that was, you know, well, he's a murderer then. So that was another thing that made them feel okay about letting him die. Right. It was hilarious. It I mean, was. it was really inappropriately funny. Yep. And even when he's being terrible, how positive she's being about it. It, it was fun. It, it was, this was a very fun episode. It was. Yeah. I, I'm glad that they finally aired it because I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. We have a couple more left in the season. Yep. I sincerely hope this comes back again for another season next year. Absolutely. So, um, so, um, I had forgotten about You're the Worst. Yes. I had watched the first season all the way up until I think the third to the last episode. The one where she like pretends that the neighbor's kid's her kid and acts all weird and shit. Yeah. yeah. And then she goes into that deep depression. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of stopped watching it there, and I was like, well, I'll go back to it, and then completely forgot to. <laughs> so I finished out season one, watched all of season two, and now I've watched the first three episodes of season three. Because we're on season three, right? Yeah, yes, we season are. Three. Yep. It's a great show. It is a great show. This season, I don't want to say it's darker than last season, but it's... It's darker than last yeah, season. It, it's much less just, of the humor... Then the story between um, Gretchen uh, and Jimmy. Crap. Thank you. I couldn't think of Jimmy for some reason. Gretchen and Jimmy, yeah. So real quick on Gretchen, Aya Cash. I can't decide if she's attractive or not. I think she's really attractive. But because there's certain episodes where she is, and then there's others where she's not at all. Yep. And so for me, I think that's part of the attraction is that she's not just – gorgeous all the time and she's never really gorgeous i if you're listening i'm sorry i'm not saying that you're ugly um i doubt she yeah i doubt she is as well but basically she's very pretty and in the episodes where she is a train wreck it's she does it well you know it's not fair enough it's not the uh the hollywood trying to make an attractive look looking person look terrible you know, it's she looks like a fucking dumpster fire. Okay, I'll agree with that. Um, so in episode one of this new season, Jimmy, because at the end of season three, he proposed to her. She said yes. Talked about them being a new family, and so he promptly ran away. Yep. And this season opens up. It's been three months, <clears throat> and for whatever reason, uh, Jimmy is now living in a retirement motorhome community. And he's working as like a handyman because apparently he's smart and likes to do karaoke and hang out with an elderly neighbor uh, and watch – what are they watching? The Fall Guy? The Fall Guy. Yeah, watching The the Fall Guy and everything. Um, But not only that, he has completely cut himself off. Yes. He shut his phone off. He does not have email. He is complete – yeah, he has made himself unavailable and he is hiding. Yep. Completely off the grid, gone. Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, oh, it's, it's, it was a fun episode. It was really interesting to see the lengths that they went to. Like this was a half an hour episode, and they spent the whole half hour just on him and what he's going yep. through. Yeah, and building up uh, his neighbor and the community they live in and how his neighbor's kind of like uh, – Oh, a surly old man and uh, hateful, but people there still like him for some reason. He's just angry about something in life. Yeah. And the big thing is, is like the the lady that runs the place stole his keys because he shouldn't be driving. And he really shouldn't. He shouldn't. And so Jimmy helps him get his keys back because he's like, no, you shouldn't take that away from him. And then Jimmy's like, oh, my God, you're horrible when they go on this hellacious like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride car ride type of thing. Good reference. Yeah. And so then Jimmy takes his keys, but he takes his keys and steals his car, essentially, sells his BMW, gives him the money for it, and on and on and on. And then we see, like, his you know his friend basically accepts where he lives. And the reason why Jimmy went home is because he got, like, the galley copy of his book. Yes. And so he turns his phone on. The episode ends with his phone going f- crazy. Yes, from all the messages that he needed to catch up on. And yeah, it was good because, you know, it didn't spend a lot of time 
we didn't spend half a season with him like wrestling with should I go back or should I not go back? No. And it was a half an hour and it was done. But they we, did a great job in that half hour though. Yeah, because we definitely yeah. got the the feeling that you know they didn't even tell us how long he had been doing this for quite a while. You know, you got the sense it could have been like a year, it could have been like six months. But you knew that he had been hiding out in this retirement community for quite a while. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there was unknown. We don't really find out, I guess, how long until the third episode. Yeah. Yeah, which I just watched this morning. So So then the second episode is kind of the opposite end of it. We get to see what was happening with everybody else or not really what was happening, but where they're at right now. Yeah, we yeah exactly. We see where whereas Jimmy, we kind of got an overview of like a few weeks or you know a passage of time. Yep. This is really this is here in the now, and then they talk about the past. Yeah. And it's really odd to see like Lindsay is now the responsible one, and that's definitely big air quotes. But you yeah, know, she's actually because in the last season that was the whole big joke with her was you are a useless person. You know, you can't survive on your own. You have no marketable skills. You don't understand lo- uh, life or money. I really felt like she was a, a on-screen version of your ex. Honestly, you know, oh, Jesus, yeah, yeah. How are you going to function when you don't even understand how money works? You know, she was just throwing money at people and being like, "Fix this, do this. This yeah. is broken. How do I fix it?" And now she's holding down a job. She's she's a uh, stylist assistant, making yep. a good income. Yep, yep. And, and it's during the day, so she is actually working during the day, which is weird. And yep. uh, seems to have her life together. She's got an apartment. She's able to pay the bills because Gretchen is crashing with her. And uh, yeah, it's it's quite a departure to see her like that. And Edgar. Uh, he got that job working for Doug Benson, writing yep. sketches. He's still doing well. He's living in Jimmy's old place or Jimmy's place, and he's made it his own. Yep. And he also is the responsible and, and like having a life and not being his neurotic self. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, Which uh, was and weird, but at the same time, they it? did it well. Yeah, they did do it well. And – so you have Lindsay and Edgar are at Jimmy's house one night after Lindsay has a big blow up with Gretchen yep. because she finds out Gretchen has not left the apartment in three months. Yeah, which is kind of scary to think about. Yeah, exactly. She stayed home for three months. The only thing she did is she bought crack off a guy who came to her at the window. <laughs> and so she's smoking crack and doing drugs and not eating and lying to – because she's a publicist and she's lying to the guys in the band saying she's in France. Yep, and, and they're buying to- it because they're idiots. They are idiots. And ultimately, finally, you know, when Lindsay goes off and her and Edgar start talking and then they decide to become sex buddies. Yep. <laughs> after they after they both realize they're the responsible ones and they talk about how they actually miss uh, them being – not them being together. Uh, Jimmy and um, – Gretchen. Gretchen. I can't think of her name. Sorry. Jimmy and Gretchen being together. And then they're imitating them, and that's when they end up hooking up and then decide to become sex buddies. Um, Which they're pretty good at. Yes. Oh, yeah, they are. Because uh, both Gre- of them want to focus on their careers. They don't want to focus on, you know, relationship or anything like that. They're like, let's just have sex when we want to and otherwise go about our daily lives. Yeah, but in episode three, it's already showing signs that they're going to be coming, uh, going to be in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lindsay finally ventures outside. Gretchen. 
sorry, Gretchen finally ventures outside and essentially ends up heading at Lindsay's office and being obnoxious. So he, she throws her out and Gretchen does what she does. She ties one on. She gets a hold of an old boyfriend. She heads over. She starts banging him. And then, of course, Jimmy texts her. And that's how episode two ends. Yep. Yeah. So and then she ignores message. it and just goes harder on that guy. Yeah. And the message just says, hey, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That'll come back yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. And then later, episode three, um, Jimmy comes home, finds Anger and Lindsay having sex in his bedroom, loses his mind. Uh, they basically kick him out and keep going at it. He goes upstairs. And it's funny because when he walks in, all the plants are there. It's all decorated. Edgar's plant uh, flag is on the wall. Jimmy's picture from his first books on the floor, on and on and on. And then by the time they finish having sex, come upstairs, all the plants are gone. All Edgar's stuff is gone. It's back to being Jimmy's apartment again. <laughs> yep. And uh, Jimmy basically just acts like everything's fine. He really wasn't gone anywhere. You know, Edgar's like wants to talk. How you doing? We missed you. Where you've been? What happened? What's going on? And Jimmy's like, yeah, whatever. Piss off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, and uh, because that's Jimmy. And he's I think he's also kind of mad that like people moved on around him. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and then of course Lindsay lies, says Gretchen's been uh, been doing fine and has moved on and is doing great without him. Yep. And then we of course we find out a very short time later that's not true. Nope, not yeah. at all. So, and we we basically by the third episode, by the end of the third episode, they finally meet up. You know, yep. he drives over there and she wants to get into the apartment, but he's like, you know, he wants to address it with her. Because she had come over to his place while him and Edgar were sitting there playing video games on the couch. And she just walks in, gets right up in his face and says, hey, dot, 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 and then storms out. Yeah. And uh, so he goes and catches up with her and he's basically like, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this. And she's like, okay. But then he throws in the butt. You know, it, yes. it seems like everything is fine. He's apologized. She's going to like cool and, down and think about it. And and it was a good apology. It was. It was. And it genuine. was a genuine apology. Yeah. yeah. But you did save family. Yeah. And, they're and like, that affected oh, me bad. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and it seemed like she legitimately understood, too, because she came back out and she was like, oh, my God, I said family. And you had just had that thing where your dad died and you were dealing with all your family stuff. And then I had to go and throw family in there. And you were already emotional from asking me to marry you. And I had said yes. And then I brought up the family. What was I thinking? And he's like, yeah, exactly. And she's like, wow, I'm so sorry. And you're like, wow, is she really legitimately apologizing? Is she like, really? Nope. 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 <sighs> now it's time to go out and get lit with Lindsay. And yeah. Yeah, her her and Lindsay walk off, and and Jimmy and Edgar leave, and Jimmy's cool new uh, hot rod. Yep, I love though that one little part of that scene where he grabs Edgar's hat and puts it on, and you see the people lighting the trash can fire in the background, and he's like, "This is fine," and it's like that meme of the dog sitting there in the burning house, who's like, "This is fine." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a great great start to the new season. Yes. Interested to see where it goes. I feel like they're going to end up together eventually. They could, but Jesus, the way this show goes, you never know. Cause Very true. 
These are some fucking dysfunctional people. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Gretchen spent three months hiding inside, and she's been out for two days, and she's already banged two different guys. Yep. Yeah. And we still haven't even gotten back to Jimmy's ex and the, the permed guy there and, you know, Lindsay's ex who took off. And we, we still haven't even figured out what's going on with these people. So there's a lot good to come. There is a lot good to come. I agree with you on that one. So what else did you watch, sir? Uh, well, I watched the most recent two episodes of Rick and Morty. And I got to say, these were some of the best episodes that they've had. Um, they had one episode, uh, the Rick's Lantis mix-up, which focused entirely on life on the Citadel, which is where all the Ricks and Mortys from different alternate universes come together and live their lives. And it was just a really well done and fun episode. You know, everyone that lives there is either a Rick or a Morty and they're all different versions. So they've got like Mortyville, which is where all the bad Mortys live. You know, the ones that don't have Ricks anymore. So they're, they're the, uh, scumbags and the losers and the degenerates and there's a Morty cop and you know there's this whole thing about you kill your own people and he's like they're beyond redemption and it was just a really fun episode and then the past two seasons they've done these intergalactic uh interdimensional TV show episodes where you get to see different TV shows from different dimensions that are kind of fucked up and this time they were going to do that and they even said that they were like instead of doing that we're going to do this and it was called Morty's Mind Blowers and it was this room that was filled with vacuum tubes and when you plugged them into this helmet you could see memories that Rick has removed from Morty's head because they were just too much for him to bear they were yeah they ranged everywhere from like you know things where he murdered a person and didn't realize it and then felt really guilty so Rick had removed it to Rick fucking something up like at one point they got through a door and Rick's like yeah you can't take things for granted and Morty's like, did you just say granite? And he goes, yeah, you, you just can't take things for granite. And he's like, Rick, are you stupid? It's granted. It's not granite. So Rick actually removed that so that Morty wouldn't know that he had been stupid at that point. It was it was a great episode. They were both really great episodes. That's all I'm going to say. Nice. Yep. And and uh, they also had the premiere this week of South Park, the most recent season. Yep. And uh, you probably saw the articles. It was the biggest troll that they've done yet because they had the boys playing with Alexas. And so they kept like saying things like Alexa, add sweaty booger balls to my shopping list. And then Alexa would be like, okay, I've added sweaty booger balls to your shopping list. Yeah. See, I just did that. And my Alexa just said <laughs> that to me. I'm like, I can hear that. In the That's awesome. <laughs> so, so they basically did that. And all around the country, people's Amazon assistants were going off and adding stuff and saying stuff. And they're like, what the hell is going on? So it was. I- it was that's funny. A, that's, a, that's an Andy Kaufman-esque type it of... It really was. It was... It, like, awesome. Andy Kaufman would have been, like, doing the slow clap, like, yes, I approve of this. Um, I've heard an issue where people who watch Monday Night Raw, uh-huh. uh, the, the woman's champion right now is Alexa Bliss, and they say... <laughs> And so I've heard people saying they've had to shut their things off because <laughs> while they watch wrestling when she has a match because it keeps going off or answering or trying to talk to them or whatever. So that's funny. <laughs> yep. Uh, other than that, it had um, – you remember the guys from – they took their gerbs. They, uh, they were mad because all these assistants, you know, the Google Home and the Alexas and stuff like that yeah. were – 
taking their jobs, you know. <laughs> and Randy now has his own reality show, which is called White People Tearing Down Houses. And it's one of these HGTV remodeling shows. So these guys all get mad and start waving Confederate flags and carrying tiki torches, you know, because that's topical. Uh and protesting the fact that they lost their jobs to these digital assistants. So Randy comes up with the idea that they can be the new digital assistants. And so he puts one in each home and they sit there with like calculators and, and smartphones strapped to them. And it's kind of funny, but the funniest part was trolling with the, uh, the Alexas and the Google homes. Oh, and Cartman discovering that relationships kind of suck. You know, his girlfriend would come around. She'd be like, what are you doing? He's like, Hanging out with my friends. She's like, why are you so mad? I'm not mad. You're obviously being passive aggressive about something. Uh, can we just stop this? That was fun. Nice. Otherwise, not bad. It, it doesn't seem like this season is going to be like last season where it was, you know, completely episodic where every episode fed into the next one and there was one overarching story. I don't think that's where they're going with this one. I think this yep. season is just back to each episode being random stuff. So that'll be fun. So, I watched the first two episodes of American season, the first two episodes of the new season of American Horror Story Cult. Yes. And the big thing was, is it's supposed to take place in 2016, uh, centering around the election. Yes. And so, episode one takes place where uh, you have Allie and Ivy, and they're a married couple, and they have a son named Oz, and Allie is played by... um, I don't have the cast in front of her, but she's been on this show multiple seasons. She's one of the returning actors that's on the show. Okay. Actresses or whatever. That's been in other, other, almost every season, I guess. Right. Um, so anyhow, I know who you're talking about, too. Yeah. I've basically, yeah, basically, the long and the short of it's this. Okay. So far, like, the only thing that has to do with the election is that it took place, it starts on election night. And it's people's, you know how people were reacting back last November yep. when Trump was elected and it's like, oh, now immigrants will be all deported and gay people will be able to be, be married and on and on and on. Like, the, you know what I mean? How yep. people reacted. The negativity of it all and just the big doom and gloom and this and that. Basically, that's what this is dialed up to a thousand. Gotcha. Kind of like that aspect of it. I don't see where the cult comes into play yet. We have that hasn't played out, but basically, Allie is got, uh, she's Sarah afraid Paulson. of clown. Sarah Paulson, yes. Uh, I find her so goddamn annoying this season. Like, it's awful. Excellent. Um, oh yeah, it's bad. So anyways, she's got some mental health issues and she has like, Phobias and high anxiety, and she is petrified of clowns, like just scared to death of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so there's a lot of clowns in this show. Like, it's kind of hard to describe, but, anyways, so the main story we see is Allie and Ivy and how they're and their son Oz, who's like 
eight or nine or ten, and basically how the relationship suffers because of her phobias and her anxiety, and especially since Trump winning the election, especially how they're you know a gay married couple, how this is going to affect them, and on and on and on. And they own a restaurant together that Ivy is the chef at and works at, and Ali's supposed to run front of the house, but her phobias are so bad she can barely leave the house now, and so that's adding another level of strain to the relationship. Uh, to top it off, they, uh, they have the other two main characters we meet in this episode are Kai and Winter. And they're very siblings, and they make some weird pact after Trump becomes president because, uh, Winter, the girl, didn't want him to be. And Kai, the brother, he is the other actor that's been in every season of the show. Oh, yeah. From, that guy. Like um, Evan Peters or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Quicksilver. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, Quicksilver. So he is got like he hate he loves Trump. He hates immigrants. He thinks they're all wrong. I mean, he even goes to the point of harassing and basically forcing a bunch of of um immigrant workers who hang outside like Home Depot or one of those type of hardware type stores. Mm-hmm. He goes and gets them all to beat the crap out of them while, while someone films it and then gets them all arrested for it. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then, so he, he's an instigator of the, of the very negative kind. Gotcha. Like he has an interaction with Allie and Ivy where he basically just walks up to them and throws his drink on them and then calls them a bunch of, you know, bitches and walks off. Hmm. And then later, in episode two, after he recovers from the hospital, he's decided he's going to run for, like, local council or whatever it is and shows up at their house to ask for their vote. And then, of course, there's a great interaction there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they really are playing on a lot of social anxieties and social fears in this season so far. Um, it sounds like they didn't so much write this show as they just said, let's find ways to make headlines fit into episodes. So far, yeah. Okay. Uh, Winter, Kai's sister, yep. uh, ends up becoming the nanny to Oz. Ah. And one night when Allie and Ivy are out, uh, Oz and the nanny witness a group of clowns unload from a van and go uh, murder the neighbors, which is somehow erroneously ruled as a murder-suicide by the police. And then when Oz tells them what happened, Winter just plays it off that he has an active imagination. He made stuff up. Oh, and by the way, here's a comic book he's been reading about these murderous clowns. So she is somehow involved with the clowns. We don't know how yet, okay. but she is somehow involved with them. And I'm sure her brother is as well, but we don't know how. And it's really kind of confusing. Okay. So in the second episode um, – Essentially, the long and the short of it's this. Uh, they have new neighbors that moved in. That didn't in. take long. Well, I think they're the clowns. I think two of them were parts uh, possibly the clowns, or they're somehow involved as well. Gotcha. And they all seem to be centered around wanting to, for whatever reason, really just drive Allie insane. Okay. Who knows? Um, anyhow, so at the restaurant, they have uh, an Hispanic employee named uh, Pedro. But he's American. And, uh, sorry, let me ref- let's go back a little bit. There's a, the head chef Roger and one of the Hispanic employees, Pedro, have a fight. Roger ends up getting murdered at the restaurant. They start to blame Pedro. 
but Allie and Ivy stand up for him because, like, the assumption is, well, where's your papers? And he's like, I was born here. I don't have papers. I'm an American. But because he's Hispanic, you know, so they're, they're playing on those more race, of those, you know, ethnic tensions. Uh, but essentially, uh, Allie's at home with Oz. Uh, Allie's seeing clowns all over the house and all over inside. Inside her house and outside, and so her and Oz are going to run away. And of course, she went out and bought herself a gun. Uh, Pedro shows up to bring supplies, and she ends up shooting him. Oh, and that's how episode two ends. So, I don't know. You you haven't sold me on it. I haven't sold myself on it. Gotcha. Yeah, because Sarah Paul's character is just. I can't stand it. Oh, and in this season, they are dropping F-bombs left and right. <laughs> they saw Blood Drive get away with it, and they're like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, basically, yeah. So, I mean, they're dropping F-bombs left and right. So, I don't know. There's, They're, they're telling – they're weaving a complex tale Yeah. that it's like, oh, you got to keep watching before you can – so you can get more of the story. But here's some gratuitous violence to keep you going. You know what I mean? Which so, was kind of what Roanoke tried to do as well. And I remember you got to the end yeah. of that and you were like, I did not like this. Yeah, so I, I'm probably going to keep watching. Okay. I'm going to keep watching. Who am I kidding? Because <laughs> uh, I, I am kind of curious how the clowns tie into this mm-hmm. and where the cult part of this comes from. Right. So, but anyways, yeah, that's that. Okay. Yeah. I only watched two other shows this week. Was one of them The Orville? One of them was The Orville. What was the other show? The Deuce. I have not watched The Deuce. I do need to find time to watch that. But I did watch The Orville. So have you watched both episodes? I have. But real quick, going back to The Deuce, just just real quick. Sure. Did you you enjoy it? Uh, Short answer, like gun to my head, no. Okay. Um, Longer answer, Maybe. Okay. It, it's All right. very dark and dirty. I'll sum it up quick. It's very dark yeah. and dirty. It focuses on nothing. Like, yeah. there is no main focus. James Franco plays twin brothers, and that's interesting as it is. But, like, one of them is the hardworking New Yorker. Yeah. But he's still kind of a scumbag. And the other one is the, you know, I'm going to skate by the skin of my teeth and make bets that I can't cover. And the one thing that I can say about the Deuce is that they really, really, if nothing else, wanted to promote the fact that back in this time period in the 70s or whatever, everybody smoked all the time. Holy shit. Like, I don't think that there is a single scene, except for maybe the one very short classroom scene, where there isn't like three or four people in the foreground or background that are lit up. I mean, I watched, uh, I watched something recently as well where the, everyone was smoking. It's constant. Like, everybody smokes all the time. But this deals with like, they're trying to deal with a lot of stuff, you know, the porn industry and, call girls and hookers and pimps and it's violent and gratuitous. And yeah. I hear they touch on AIDS later or down the line. Oh, good, good. That'll be yep. good. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal is not an attractive woman. Again, Maggie, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but she's just not an attractive woman, but they make her up to be like this queen bee hooker because, you know, she doesn't have no <sighs> pimp and she doesn't need no pimp. 
And I hate that in movies and TVs where they're trying to sell me on someone that's supposed to be gorgeous and I'm not buying it. No. But, like, everyone else thinks they're gorgeous. Not in real life, but on the show. And I'm like, but they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. So, yeah, short answer, like, if they said it was canceled tomorrow, I'd probably breathe a sigh of relief and be like, oh. But it also doesn't cause any conflicts, so I'm still kind of watching it. Well, because you can watch it on demand. Yeah. You don't have to watch it when it's on. Exactly. That's kind of like American Horror Story. I I watch it on the FX app, so I can watch it whenever I want to. Yep. So, so the Orville. The Orville. Short answer, I love it. I do as well. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting a level of comedy and humor akin to A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yes, that's what I thought as well. And it's not that at all. Not at all. There is some great humor in it, but I mean, it's it's told with a, a serious story with some good humor on the side. Like you can tell, he was not going for Galaxy Quest. He was going for like no Star he's Trek. Going, he's going for Star Trek. Yep. Yeah, I really love it. I mean, it takes place in the 25th century. Yep. Uh, Seth MacFarlane plays Ed Mercer, and right at the beginning, he divorces his wife after he catches her have cheating on him, yep. and then boom, a year later. He takes a position as captain of the USS Orville because essentially what they were led to believe is they got 3,000 ships. They got to start putting people in them. And so here you go. Here's your last chance because basically the last year you've been a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So he gets his buddy to be his uh, his, uh, helmsman. Yep. His buddy who's kind of a piece of shit as well, but in a better way about it, a more functional way. He's like Wash, but not as likable. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, And then we meet, uh, of course, and then he meets a first officer, and of course, later on, we find out that his ex-wife is his first officer. Yep. And, of course, that's going to cause tensions and everything. Right. And... uh, yeah, we. I mean, and then they jump right into it. I mean, like, I think they did a great job when they had the big meeting with everyone where he, like, introduced himself to the crew and then he dismissed everyone but, like, the command staff. Yep. And we got to meet all of them. And, and in that short time frame of introduction, we got to know who they were as characters and where they stand on the show. Yes. And they weren't like, okay, this is a brand new crew for this ship. Like, the ship had already had a captain before. And yes, the captain that's retired. Right. So these people yes. were all, like... They knew the ship. They knew each other kind of thing. So that was kind of yeah. cool, too. It wasn't just like, oh, let's all try to get to know each other. No, they yeah, pretty much know each other. Except for the captain, of course. Right, and uh, the helmsman. The first, and the helmsman and the first mate. Otherwise, everyone else, like you said, yeah, was already on the ship working there. Yep. Uh, let's see here. His – I don't have it right in front of me, and I probably should to say all this. But um, essentially, like, I'm not going to run down each of the characters, but I really like the – Interaction between his helmsman and then the other, the navigator. Yes. (laughs) I think it's absolutely hilarious. I think it's even better in the second episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's great. At at times they like, they kind of play off each other. You know, they're like, well, you didn't say that. Oh, yeah, I did say that. But then sometimes they're just like, like in the second episode when they're like, pizza party. Oh, come on. Why can't we go? Like they're both pitching a fit that they can't go to the pizza party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, 
Yeah. The the funny thing about this show is that all the critics got to see it early, and a yep. lot of them panned it. They said, this is crap. They didn't say it's terrible because it's terrible. They said it's not daring enough. It doesn't take any risks. Um, it's boring. It's this, this, this. You know, it's yep. not funny. And McFarlane said early on, he said, this is not a comedy. This yep. is not a drama. It's somewhere in between. He he said that he's trying to create a new genre that's like halfway between both of them. I can see that as I watch I, it. I I can too. I can too. Because like you said, they had some good jokes, some like some McFarlane type jokes, you know, Family Guy or, yep. you know, Ted or Million Ways to Die in the West. But they were never like you never waited for the laugh track or anything. They were just kind of like normal conversation kind of things. Like in, in the first episode when they bring the alien on screen and they're asking him about their marriage problems. They didn't yes. run the joke to death. They didn't wait until later on and be like, now let's get back to talking about that. It was just like a quick one-off like, now, now what, what would you say about this blah, 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 blah? Well, marriage is work. Ah, see, I told you. Yeah, but what about this? And blow, Well, everyone has needs. And why, why are we talking about this? And then they get into combat. Or like uh, the other time when the bad guy comes up on screen, but he's not centered. And he's yes. Like, you just take, move like just six inches over to your left. Yeah. Yeah. It oh, was a lot of dead space. It was, it was bothering me. <laughs> yeah. It was very distracting. Yeah. Like, like that type. I mean. It's little things. I, I don't. I, so, I enjoyed it. So you get the humor um, of that, but then you get things yes. like having their ship half blown up in the first episode. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. And, and people getting seriously injured. And in the second episode, you know, they got wrecked, and yeah. all because she tried to tractor beam that probe in and didn't scan it first, and it exploded and took out a couple of decks, and there were people who were injured, and you know, th- there are some serious issues that go on in this show. Oh, massively serious issues. I mean, and we learned their big bad guys are the Krill. Yes. So that's the evil alien alien race. Yep. And, um, you know, we've already seen, like, certain, like, basically we've seen some red shirts. Yep. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in the first episode, they are trying to, the Krill are trying to steal a device that accelerates time. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, <laughs> I don't want to give it away. I think people should watch it. Absolutely. Um, um, and then, like, in the second episode, uh, essentially, um, Ed and Kelly, the captain and his first mate, they are captured by a, uh, a race that captures different races to put in a zoo. Because their philosophy is that if you are technologically inferior to us, we yep. are better than you. And we yep. deserve to have dominion over you. And they can somehow either like read your mind or scan your records or whatever it is so that they can fool you mm-hmm. and then uh, capture you. And then when they put you in your cell, uh, make it uh, a happy place for you or as comfortable as you can. Yeah, your natural habitat. Yeah, exactly. And their natural habitat they do is Ed and Kelly's apartment together. And then after spending a few days together in the zoo, they realize – why they didn't work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. It turns out that this show was the biggest premiere for Fox to date, and it was oh, wow. also the most streamed debut to date for Fox. So the nice. critics had their, you know, we didn't like this, we didn't like this, but then everyone tuned in to watch it, and everyone watched it streaming. So I think we're going to see it stick around for a little while. I, I hope so because I truly liked it. I also heard some other people say who watched both the Orville and the first episode of the uh, Star Trek Discovery mm-hmm. that the Orville is what 
Star Trek fans want Star Trek Discovery to be. Yeah. Yeah, I can I've see heard that. that as well. So, cause this really is a lot like the very first, the original Star Trek series, but not as intensely dramatic as that was. Right. Definitely got some over the top humor in places. The whole yeah. thing in the second episode with his mom and dad appearing on the screen, which great cameos, by the way. Oh, yes. Fantastic cameos. Um, or the fact that his, uh, his, um, First mate, not first mate. Yeah, his first mate or whatever. Bro, uh, Bordas. Bordas. He's, uh, yeah, he's they're they're single sexual and there's only men, and they can't have you know female offsprings. And he's the, misses the whole second episode because he has to sit on the egg, his the egg, egg for twenty one days. Yep, that him and his partner yeah. created. Yeah. So um, and even then it's, we get a nice twist at the end. So ah, uh, yes, we do. But it's it's yeah, yeah, it's a great show. I like it. Now th- I believe it's this coming Sunday they're going to premiere the first episode of Star Trek Discovery on CBS. Not the uh, not the all access that you have to pay for, but they will be putting it's the first supposed, episode. It, it's supposed to be on CBS. Yes, yeah. so, so it'll be interesting. I'm going to check it out. See yeah, what I'm they're doing well. with that. Me too. Um. So the only other, I guess, technical TV show I watched was uh, uh, Jack Taylor, and this is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's a BBC show, and it is each is they have three seasons on Netflix. Each season is three episodes in typical BBC series fashion. They are one and a half hour long each. Okay. And I had watched the first two, and I said, "Oh, I'll just watch this." And you know, I was at work and whatever, and I was like, oh, "I'll just watch this." Uh, something to have on the background. Anyways, long and the short of it, over the last few days, I've watched the uh, the other seven episodes. <laughs> um, they're good. They're like murder mysteries with lots of twists in them. You know, murder mystery, whodunit type things. Uh, uh, Jorah, I can't think of the guy's actor's name, but Jorah from Game of Thrones, he mm-hmm. plays the lead character, the title character, Jack Taylor. He's a uh, disgraced, uh, fired, disbarred, uh, Garda is what they call the local, the police, basically. And so he's a private detective, and it's in uh, Ireland, I guess. And essentially each episode, there's there's some ongoing storylines from episode to episode, but it's more like a relationship-wise, or this happened in the last episode, so we'll see a little bit in this episode type of thing. But for the most part, they're standalone hour-and-a-half movies. You could just watch one at any point in time and – You'd be fine. You don't have to watch them in order. You wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have to watch them in order uh, to, to understand and, and appreciate the major storylines of them all. And and they're decent stories. They're all based on uh, the very popular book series. So gotcha. I like them. They're on Netflix. They're fun to watch. That's cool. Yeah, uh, I watched a movie. Okay. Two movies. Did you watch any movies? I did not watch any movies. Oh well, I'll talk about my movies then. All right. I went and saw it. Okay. And it was awesome. <laughs> I've heard as much. Yeah, I, I really I don't feel like spoiling it right now. I really think if you haven't had a chance to see it, you should go see it. I'll say this, I'll compare it to the original It movie, the miniseries event, if you will. Um what I like about this is it's not – we don't see the adults and it's told in flashback form. It happens in the current time or the real and now. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, there's definitely some stories in it that's 
you know, the storyline is definitely not the same. I think this follows the book way more than the original it series did. Okay. Also, the original it series was kind of more of a, a TV 14 type of thing. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely would be a TV MA. So it's, it's a lot more violent. The whole we all float thing makes way more sense if you've never read the book now. If you just watch the original movie, like, why is he always talking about how we all float other than it just is scary and creepy? Mm-hmm. You see why in the movie now. Excellent. Um, but yeah, I really, really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, some great jump scares in it. I, uh, I was in on vacation in Vermont. And I saw this at a local theater there called the Paramount. What's interesting to me is they only have two screens. Uh, they only show one movie a day, Monday through Friday, at 6.30 at night, roughly. And then on the weekends, they do like a 3.30 matinee and a 6.30 at night screening, and that's it. It's just hilarious that they don't have later or earlier movies. Makes you wonder how they make enough money to stay open. Well, um, my assumption is it's probably it's a pattern that's worked for them because if they stay open all day, they have maybe like the, the people are spread out. But if they only have the one showing, that's when they're going to go. So yeah. because the other thing is the only other theater around is the Capitol Theater in Montpelier, which is about 10 miles away. And they're owned by the same people and they don't show the same movie at each one. So if you want to see it, you have to go to the Paramount. And there's like no other movie theater for like a 50-mile radius around there. So it's kind of like that's the only option. Okay. So, like, if Regal Cinema only did the same thing, we could either just deal with Regal or we'd have to drive, you know, 30 miles to Brunswick or 30 miles to Waterville to see a different movie. And why – you know what I mean? So imagine if we had to drive 50 miles. True. You would just – all right, well, I guess we're going to go to the movies now because this is when it's showing. Um, Anyways, the theater was cool. Uh, they used real butter on their popcorn. They made a point to tell you about that. It's Cabot butter. They melt it. They pour it on warm. I mean, it's fantastic. It just, it was a great experience. Anyways, the movie was full of like teenage girls. I expected lots of screaming. And instead, two middle-aged men that were sitting behind me did all the yelling and screaming. It was, it <laughs> added, a, it added a level of hilarity to the movie, especially there's this one big, like, scary moment in the movie where even I was like, holy shit. And the guy behind me was just like, ah, ah, ah. and then, like, and, and, and it was like so loud. and so over the top. And it was like, really fella, come on. And like once, once the scene in the movie kind of died down. So like the tension was gone, everyone started laughing, not because what was happening on the TV was funny, but because of the guy behind me that let out the high pitched squeal. Uh, Excellent. It, it really added to it. It was kind of fantastic. But, um, yeah, great movie. Definitely should go watch it if you haven't seen it yet. I, I heard two two fun facts yesterday about it. Okay. It's the uh, – what is it? It's the highest grossing movie in September ever. Nice. Uh, overtaking Crocodile Dundee from 1986. Wow. And that's, that's a while that that's had the uh, yeah. crown then. And uh, I think it's $14 million away from overtaking The Exorcist as the highest grossing rated R movie of all time. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. So um, 
obviously there's going to be a sequel. They've already talked about it. We've already heard some rumors of the cast, but it's going to be essentially the second half of the book when they're adults. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're making a sequel because the movie ends basically like this movie ends because I'm not going to ruin this part because if you've seen it or you've read the book, you know that they vanquish Pennywise as kids and then he comes back when they're adults and that's why they have to return to try to vanquish him again. So the movie ends after that part. You know, gotcha. there's a little bit more. and But we don't see – there's no like PS where you see them as adults. There's no like fade to them being adults now. It ends with them being kids. Okay. Uh, but it does basically say you know, like part one or like uh, chapter one is over or part one is over. At the end, they somehow let you know this is the end of part one. Part two is coming. Gotcha. So, yeah, and it was done in a great way. And uh, I had read the fun fact about what you were just saying there. Yeah. How they vanquish him and then he comes back and they're adults. Isn't it 27 years that's supposed to pass? Okay, yeah, that's what's awesome. Pennywise turns up every 27 years to kill a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. And the original TV movie was 27 years ago. Yes. The remake has now come out 27 years after the original movie. Yes, I remember reading that as well. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> I don't know if that's just a giant coincidence, if they're like planned it out. I, I, I don't know, but um, it's it's cool. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I watched another flick called Patchwork. This is on Netflix. I highly recommend people watching this. Uh, Aaron has already watched the movie. Our buddy Aaron there from my yep. wrestling podcast, he's already watched it as well, and he's like, this movie is terrible. It's so awesome. <laughs> um, and this is the synopsis on Netflix, and this is what made me watch it. Three women discovered that they've been dismembered and sewn back together into one new perfect woman and set out to get revenge on their captor. I was sold. I was like, I got to watch this. <laughs> Because this seems so ludicrous. Right. And I did, and I'm like, I, as the movie progressed, I was like, I love this movie. You know, like, it's told in parts. Like, part one, like, basically you have three women that are sewn together. And so they somehow are sharing one brain, so they're all, they can talk to each other. And they kind of do this cool thing where, like, when they're alone in a room, it cuts to you see all three of the actresses talking to each other. Okay. But then you see their one body kind of moving around, and it's kind of interesting that we do it. They do a great job with it. I mean, this is like cheesy – this is like a, like a cheesy 80s B-horror movie, mm -hmm. but it looks great. It's got a great story. It's slick. It's There's some grindhouse ridiculousness in there. Um, it's got the, it's got like a mad scientist and everything. It's got science that doesn't make sense, but you're just going to run with it. It's got some, it's got some, uh, it's a few, a uh, few gruesome scenes. It's got some great hilarity. I mean, yeah, I really, really like this movie. And yeah, there are some parts of this movie that are so bad. It's so good. <laughs> you know, that that's a good sign. Yeah, and it's a comedy horror, and I, I can't recommend it enough. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's called Patchwork. All right. So, yeah. It sounds like a uh, hard sell there. It is a hard sell. It's a hard sell. It's, it's a, Yes, I encourage people to go out of their way to watch this. Excellent. Like a good hard sell. Yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, you got any trailer or movie news? Yep. Um, both actually. Cool. Uh, right in under the gun because we're recording this Wednesday morning. Uh, last night they dropped the trailer for the Tomb Raider movie. Oh, I saw it, but I didn't bother watching it. Okay. Uh, now this is Alicia Vikander and this is based a lot more, and the more I watch the trailer, a lot more on the reboot video games than the original video games. Um, okay. It looks great, especially when you compare it to those. I mean, she's even got the climbing axe that uh, takes a lot of screen time in the game. Uh, it looks good. It really does look good. Uh, the games are much more gritty. They're much yep. darker. Um, she gets the snot kicked out of her. Whereas the original games, it was more about wearing tight outfits and having big boobs. The the reboot games are more about actually surviving, you know, trying yep. to not die from the elements or wildlife or people shooting at you with guns and stuff. Uh, it, it looks good. I really like the trailer. I really felt like... They're doing a good job of adapting that new rebooted game world in there. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Nice. Yeah. The other one, I don't know if I'd call it a trailer. It was more of a teaser, but it was just so badass. You might have seen this. It almost looks like uh, really choppy found footage of two guys in full fatigues uh, tromping through the woods with guns and they're like looking for something or someone and it keeps cutting in and out. And, like you'll get static on the screen and they get separated. And one of the guys is like walking by a tree trunk and this guy jumps out in a black hoodie and like stabs him right in the gut and just drops him to the ground. And then a little while later, you know, it's staticky again. And then you see the other guy get cut down by this guy in the hoodie. And then the guy in the hoodie comes up to the camera and face you. And you're like, wait, it's John Barenthal. And it's like the Punisher. He's coming for you. And it's Whoa. badass. Yeah, it's badass. So that was really cool. I, I highly suggest finding that and checking it out because it's very quick and it's very choppy, but it's badass. And where did you find that? God, I think it was on – I caught it on my Instagram feed, actually, and uh, I was just blown away by how cool it was because it's the fucking Punisher and it's going to be a badass show. <laughs> Nice. Although it, the interesting part is I've read that the write-up for the TV series that's going to be on Netflix, they're saying that he's punished everybody who was responsible for his wife and child, but now he's going out after more people. So that's kind of interesting. You know, so it's like the whole reason that he started was, you know, to avenge the wife and child. And now he's like, okay, well, that's done. Who else can I fuck up? And I'm okay with that, you know? Nice. Maybe he's just like, this is what I'm good at, so I'm going to do it. Awesome. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Did you see uh, any trailers? I'm going to go find it. I did. I watched, I watched several. Okay. Over the last couple of weeks. What um, you got? Gerald's Game, based on a Stephen King movie. It's okay. going to be a Netflix original film. Uh, drops September the 29th. Essentially, the book is based on a woman uh, who, who and her husband, apparently they're going to engage in some kinky sex play. So he handcuffs her to the bed and then he dies. And okay. they're kind of in the middle of remote cabin, middle of nowhere. And she's kind of trapped with a little hope of rescue. And she begins to let the voices inside her head take over. 
Oh, okay. So it's a psychological thriller, kind of creepy, kind of like, oh, let's see where this goes type of thing. I've read the book. It's good. Um, so I'm going to watch the movie. Yeah. Nice. Again, September 29th on Netflix. Also, uh, speaking of Netflix, um, let's see here. Uh, Mind Hunter. Yes. Comes out October 13th. It's based on a, based on a book. It's going to be a TV series set in 1979 about FBI agents who interview serial killers to learn how they think so they can apply it to current ongoing cases. It's kind of like a a Criminal Minds type of thing, but it's like, all right, this is where we are. Criminal Minds is where we are now from what we've learned. This is how we learn the stuff to get to where we are. Right. Um, looks really good. Yeah. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but again, it's going to be on Netflix uh, Friday, Friday, October 13th. Nice. That's a good day for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I <laughs> uh, watched – actually, I have several other trailers that I watched uh, that I liked. Or, okay. Um, oh, okay. So the, the writer, director of Patchwork, his new movie Tragedy Girls is coming out. Uh, two teenagers who start killing people to uh, – Get Twitter followers and other social media stuff. It looks kind of what? funny. Yeah, there's these two high school girls who like they don't they they, they want to increase their social media presence and they kind of become serial killers to do so. I could see that happening. Yeah, uh, it's called the Tragedy Girls because that's I guess sense. their handle online. So uh, I, I'll link the trailer on the on the, the 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 YouTube there, the YouTube trailer. I mean, I'll link it on the uh, the Facebook and the Twitter. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Cool. I'll watch it. I mean, I liked Patchwork, so I'm going to give this a try. Right. Right. You know, I mean, I've been let down before. I'm Night Shyamalan, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of sequels, I guess, I don't know. Uh, we're getting, uh, Morgan Spurlock. It's already debuted at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, but, uh, we're the getting tiff? Super, Super Size Me Part 2. Really? It's called Holy Chicken. And essentially, this is not about him eating food for a month again like the first time. Okay. This is him getting in the fast food business as he opened up a chicken franchise fast food restaurant chain. Now, they don't say if it's Kentucky Fried Chicken, Popeye's, Chick-fil-A, what it is. I feel like it's KFC, but it's basically he's going to show you from that side of things about running a fast food restaurant, why they do the things they do, why some things happen the way they do. and It's uh, it's already got some good reviews. So so a guy who's made a living out of doing behind-the-scenes ex- expose documentaries applied to buy one of these franchises and they were like, okay, only well, good can come of this. He said, I have money and they said, give it to us. <laughs> Just promise you yeah. won't paint us in a bad light. Oh, I promise. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another trailer I watched called Red Sparrow. Did you check this one out? No. Doesn't sound right. familiar. Uh, well, Jennifer Lawrence is the star. And here's a little write-up on it. It's a ballerina, Dominika Igorova, is recruited to the Sparrow School, a Russian intelligence service where they are forced to use their bodies as weapons. Basically, they seduce people with their sex appeal. So it's Black Widow School. And then murder them, basically. Uh, But her first mission, targeting a CIA agent, threatens to unravel the security of both nations. Okay. It looks good, but you're right. It's a Black Sparrow. It's a Black Sparrow, Black Widow School. Yes, essentially. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Uh, did you find that trailer for the show that I told you about? No, I did not. Okay. This stars uh, James Franco, Famke Jensen, but the, the main character we've seen is Josh Durhamel. Durhamel. Okay, okay I yep. can't say If you saw him, you'd be like, oh, I know that guy. Josh Duhamel. Yes, basically. But yeah. this is uh, – the show is about a reality TV show where essentially they accidentally broadcast someone dying on live TV. Oops. And they get tremendous ratings from it. I and bet. they find out that it's not illegal for them to air it as long as they're not assisting in it. Ah. And and basically, so now they've, they've come up where a disturbing hit game show has its contestants ending their lives for ratings and money. Wow. And it's really disturbing, and it looks really cool. I'm surprised we haven't had something like this in real life. Uh, me too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a trailer for Cook Off. Cook Off or Cuck Off? Cook Off. Oh, okay. It's got Melissa McCarthy and a whole bunch of other people you'd look at and recognize. Uh, it's a cooking competition movie. It kind of reminded me of uh, Best in Show. Oh, okay, yeah. Except uh, Cooking Contest. Nice. I like it already. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yes. That same type of feel, look, everything. And then uh, I watched a trailer for a movie called Hostels with Christian Bale. Uh, this looks really good. It's more of a drama piece. It uh, it appears to take place. Um, he appears to be in the in the Union Army or in the Amer in the R U.S. Army back in the maybe late 1800s, okay. and it involves Native Americans. Some seem to be on their side. Others seem to not be on their side. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks good. Just watch the trailer. So hostels is in like hostile people. Yes, Hostels as a no, no. When you first said that, I was like, is this like a sequel to the Eli Roth movie? No, not Hostels, but Hostels, <laughs> like dealing with hostile Indians. Gotcha. Or the natives are restless, or whatever yeah. you want to say that. So, yeah. <laughs> what you got for uh, you got what you got for trailers? That was it. It was Tomb Raider oh. and Punisher. Okay. I, uh, I had two pieces of news. Uh, sure. One of them I didn't even realize the New Mutants movie is already wrapped production. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Um that'll be out in April of 2018, so Oh wow, nice. Should be interesting. And uh this was kind of interesting. I I've talked to some people that I know, there's some mixed thoughts, mixed reviews, but uh Colin Trevorrow is out and JJ Abrams is back in to direct the ninth Star Wars movie. Yeah, what do you think about that? It's interesting because I had heard so many good things from insiders about Trevor Rao's work on the eighth one, and they were saying it was so good. And I know Abrams had said when he read the script for the eighth one, he wished he could have done it. Yeah. Um, the movie isn't out yet. So I don't know if they're sending a message like, uh, no, it needs to be Abrams. I, I don't know if they um, – <sighs> It's tricky. You know, if the movie had already come out and we had like, you know, the critics thought, oh, it's no A New Hope and uh, – or, you know, Force Awakens. It's it's no Force Awakens and it's not as good and blah, blah, blah. Then 
I don't know. Like, it'd be easier to take. It'd yeah. be easier to say, well, that's why they brought Abrams back, because they wanted to make more money. But where the movie hasn't even come out yet, it hasn't even played for test audiences. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I could think of that I know was kind of controversial was when people pointed out that Kylo Ren's scar was in the wrong place, and Trevor Rao said that, you know, it would have been too hard to do it in that one particular location, so he wanted to make it easy and put it in a different yeah, spot. I remember reading that. Yeah. So I don't know if, like, that's part of it. You know, maybe he had that kind of an attitude while on the set, and he was like, no, I'll make the choices, I'll make the decisions, and they didn't like it, or it could be well, that that was just an isolated incident. My thought was that J.J. Evers was directing was, well, he's a proven commodity, I know it's going to be good. Yay! Yep. Yep. I, I liked his last one. Yep. I've liked most of the stuff that he's done. It just seems odd that they yeah. would announce that and make it permanent this early in the process. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. But again, I feel like making these, these films, it's a pretty long process. Yeah. Yeah. So it, we may think it's this early, but he's probably already starting pre-production. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Well, yeah, especially <clears throat> if they're going to be reusing some of the sets and stuff. They've got the actors right there. They're like, hey, yeah. um, you just finished this scene for episode eight. Let's, you know, put a little more dirt on your face and we'll go right and we'll shoot this scene for episode nine so that we don't have to later on. Yeah, exactly. So could be. Uh, well, speaking of uh, returning people, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is returning to the Halloween franchise. Really? Yes. As, as what, a producer or a director? As Laurie Strode. Wow. Apparently, the new Halloween movie is chronologically follows after Halloween 2, and they're ignoring all the other sequels, including her returning in H2O and then... <laughs> The movie okay. after that where she gets killed. I can't think of the title. I don't know if it's Resurrection. I was going to say, they kind of have to ignore that one. Yeah, exactly. So, anyhow, yeah, she's returning to the movie. Okay. Um, it is 40 years later. It's it, The movie comes out October 19th, 2018. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know if she's going to be the main character. I don't know that much. All I know is that she's returning to the movie. Huh. As Lori Strode, so well, I'll be interested to follow that story and see what we they shall come see. Up with. I mean, she essentially could be a grandmother now. You know, she's sixty. Oh yeah, like you know, her character. I mean, is like fifty-eight, sixty years old, something like that. Right. It really is forty <laughs> years later, type of thing. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, Traveler season two comes about on Netflix October 16th. Nice. Travelers was something we didn't talk about in the preview last week. I thought that was pretty awesome. That is really awesome. I love that um, show. Yeah, I thought it was a great show too. Uh, a show I liked, Glitch on Netflix. It's a Australian it's an Australian show set in Australia obviously about people rising from their grave for unknown reasons. Oh yeah, that's the one that I watched. That's the one you what? I watched you the first episode. episode and I was like, nope. See, I, I liked it, and season two is already starting to air over in the UK or over in Australia, and we'll get uh, the complete season two uh, November 28th on Netflix. Okay. And then there was a show that I think it originally aired in 2015, and it's on Netflix, and it's like, all right, when are we going to get a season two? And it's called Slasher. Okay. 
And I really liked the first season. It told this uh, complete story in, in the first season. Well, season – so this is now going to be an anthology-type show, if you will, because season two now is a uh, unrelated story. And it's about a group of young friends returning to a summer camp years after an accidental murder occurs. And from what I have read, it's basically like a combination cross of uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer and Friday the 13th. Okay. So, and they just stopped, they wrapped filming a couple few months ago, so it looks like probably next year it'll be out. Okay. Big gap between seasons on that one. (laughs) Yep. But, uh, yeah, that that wraps it up for me for this week. Yeah, I think that just about wraps it up for me too it's gonna start getting thicker like this will probably be the last uh quote-unquote short episode we have (sighs) i don't know we'll have to just not talk about shows as long when we're talking about 20 30 shows or whatever no yeah we're gonna have to get back to the you know all right here's the lightning round you know yeah this good this bad this good this bad And then, of course, there'll be always be the shows we're going to dive into for 20 minutes on one episode. <laughs> yes, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. This was a great show. This show sucks. Yeah, exactly. Could be one or the other. Uh, this show is okay. Check it out. And I'm done. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You that's tell us if you liked it. That's it. That's Law & Order SVU. But. Anyhow, cool. All right. Um, I guess uh, check us out on Facebook. Is that what did you watch? And, uh, well, sorry, what did you watch this week? The Twitter's at what did you watch? Uh, my Twitter's at SuperstarML. And mine's at the Quantum Geek, G33K. And yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week.